there, I'm Joe. And I'm Hugo, and this is the first episode of a Story to Tell podcast. We're hoping this will be a weekly thing where we can have a new guest every week, and we can uh, hear their story, and they can share with us what it's like to be a university student and some of the struggles they've had in their lives. And our first guest today is Anne. If you want to just quickly introduce yourself. Hi, so I'm Anne. I'm a first year student at McGill University in Montreal. Uh, but I actually went to high school in South Africa and then moved here um, in August 2020. And this is my story to tell. Um, so just like many of us, I guess, I've dealt with um, not feeling motivated or just not feeling um, like I accomplished anything. And I'd say those are things that I've already struggled with in the past, but quarantine and the pandemic definitely made it worse. Um, so yeah, so June 2020 was definitely the first time in a long time that I started recognizing the fact that I had a hard time feeling accomplished. Um, and it was June 2020 because that's uh, when I officially graduated high school and I didn't really feel like I had graduated high school, um, which was weird because graduation kind of felt like something that you know, I had been waiting for for the past years. Like I started high school thinking about leaving high school and finally like being done with it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, an, an achievement that a lot of people like look forward to. But when it actually came down to that moment, it almost felt fake. Um, and I guess that sort of made the transition from high school to my first year of university very blurry. Uh, because it's like, when did high school even end? Because sometimes I'm like, I feel like high school ended in March, that one day when, you know, the, the world went on lockdown and we all got, got sent home and we never actually went back to in-person school. Um, but then, you know, I also wondered, did high school end when I graduated? Uh, so there's there's sort of like this blank space between March and August where nothing really big happened in my life. I mean, the pandemic is big, but in terms of like my personal achievements, it feels like nothing's really going on. And so that graduation ceremony that kind of happened in June sort of falls in that blank space and it makes it even harder for me, like I, to, for me to feel like I had done anything big yeah, I was going to say that I always beat myself up on like, I remember the distinct last day of high school, from like in-person high school. And um, it was math class and my teacher or the school principal was, you know, you, you got given the option to leave early. And I was like, oh, you know, March break is around the corner. I'm like, I'm just going to leave school early. And I left class and it's like just before lunch. And I think about it so much because, you know, and like months later, I'm like, I really wish I stayed because <laughs> little I know, you know, I still haven't been back to in-person classes and it's not, I don't know, it's, it's not the same anymore. I mean, Joe, do you want to say anything about your, um, but you were in that class too. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I mean, I agree. Like it's super blurry. Usually, especially with graduation, your graduation day is like a definitive end. It's like, you know it's coming you put in the calendar but i think with like you know what happened in march everything kind of uh 
just kind of happened and we had a really long marked break and the next thing you know it was September and things didn't really start definitively either it was kind of a just like in school all of a sudden it was really ungratifying like you're saying almost no conclusion you know what I mean and I think getting back to what Anne was saying that the reason why I mean I'm sure everyone feels that it's harder to feel achieved and motivated because we're still holding on to I guess that lack of completion in high school I don't know if that's what you're getting at Anne but yeah for sure I feel like if we had had a proper way to sort of say goodbye and to let go of whatever high school was or whatever our uh, senior year was I feel like it would have definitely made it a lot easier but the fact that it's just again so blurry and it all just happened so fast and it's like again when did it even end yeah and obviously that's carried over into university and you know before this call we, t- we talked about um imposter syndrome and like kind of what you know these I guess this buildup of not feeling accomplished has molded into and is sort of this almost just as unknown area because now you're stuck with every day oh I don't feel motivated I don't feel accomplished doing these things and am I even qualified to be in university right and I guess you're feeling symptoms and I don't know what position you're in but I know a lot of other people where they're questioning how do you diagnose yourself when you feel all these things yeah I think that's the the whole thing with you know putting whatever you're feeling into words like saying oh this is imposter syndrome it kind of makes it it's kind of bittersweet because it's like you know on one hand it's it's it feels good because it's like oh I've identified what it is but at the same time um diagnosing yourself feels like now you have a condition and now mm-hmm. it, it it just sometimes it just it's, it's a hard thing to like accept um right and yeah that's my whole thing with self-diagnosis but definitely I think I definitely feel some of the um symptoms of imposter syndrome where it's like like do I even deserve my spot here which kind of is ridiculous because I think everyone's is is wondering the same thing just to backtrack for a second and uh for anyone who doesn't know could you explain quickly what imposter syndrome is yeah so (laughs) not an expert but um imposter syndrome is pretty much feeling like an imposter in your environment um a lot of it i mean there i i guess there's like different settings but if we're talking about school high school university whatever it is um a lot of it has to do with feeling like whatever you do is not enough or uh, you'll never do as well as your peers or the other people that are in your pro in your program or whatever it is that you're doing, and um, yeah, it definitely I think affects your motivation because usually you feel driven and you feel motivated to do things when you know you're good at them, but with imposter syndrome, it's like you're constantly doubting your abilities and like um, the things that you're able to do. Mm-hmm. So I guess not feeling confident in this diagnosis. I mean, if, if I was in that position, it would be hard. It would hard to feel good about yourself and that you're getting somewhere and kind of get out of the loop of possibly being um, or living with imposter syndrome when you can barely even make sense of like, am I actually 
going through this or am I actually being diagnosed with imposter syndrome or is this something that's going to come and go right and I, I think that's kind of a middle point a lot of people are at and um, unfortunately there I think there are cases where they think they're in the middle point when they're actually there and they, they're suffering from something really difficult and, and hard to deal with and in one sense there's denial and in another sense there's um, I guess, an acceptance that people don't take seriously enough. Yeah. So what, what has helped you in the past? And I guess if it could be applied today, kind of make sense of all this confusion. I think uh, one thing that has always helped me um, deal with stuff is to talk to other people mm -hmm. and this might sound very like basic, like, oh, just talk about your feelings, you know, just, just let people know. But I'm not only referring to, you know, reaching out for help to like experts and stuff, even though that's great, but something as simple as talking to um, someone in, in, in your university that's also a first year student, that's maybe also an international student that maybe is taking the same classes as you are, um, because a lot of, the, the like one thing that comes a lot with imposter syndrome is comparing yourself to like your peers. And it doesn't even have to be about imposter syndrome. It can really just be um, when you've entered university and you know you feel like everyone else is doing well, but you're not. Um, it's very easy to just compare yourself to how well other people are doing. But the minute you actually start talking to those people, you can actually realize that they're going through similar stuff. And they're also worried about, you know, you being better than them. So if everyone is comparing themselves, no one's really, um, quote unquote, better than anyone. So right. that definitely helps me. It, it humbles me too. I think there's a big curtain in online school between each individual student because you know, in, in a classroom, you know, you, you never see the other person's report card, but you get an idea of what that environment is like. But when you're so isolated and far away from you know, your peers, you have no idea of, you know, how is that person doing this? How is this person doing? Where am I in relation to the average? Because you have these, you know, Facebook groups and messenger chats, and it's, it's so impersonal. And um, I think that, that was a big motivator for Joe and I to kind of get this podcast moving. Um, let's kind of give that or let down the curtain, right? Like it's just an inside look other than like a wellness week out of school. You know, those things do help, but there, there's no face behind it. There's no voice and emotion behind that. And I think the great thing about having you on today is that it's, it's a very intimate and inside look on what it's actually like to be in that gray area right and you know there's no definite answer to how to solve these problems but there's there's definitely like common ground between people on being in this unknown space i don't know joe if you want to i'm i'm really curious any um obviously you know with covid and lockdown and you know the transition to university from high school has made a you know big impact on you but how has that has that 
increased this feeling of imposter syndrome or is it um, started from that? Like how long has this been affecting you? I think it's definitely increased um, because of just what, what Hugo was talking about. Like um, you're not really seeing anyone and that makes it even harder to feel like um, you sort of, uh, I don't want to say deserve your spot, but I guess kind of belong because um, my high school was like quite small compared to like most most high schools, I'd say. So it was always in a small classroom of, you know, maybe 20 people and we all knew each other and it was easier to just feel like you could relate to people. But now that it's all behind a screen and you're looking at the Zoom call and there's 300 participants and you have no idea who they are, um, it definitely makes it, I guess, the imposter syndrome even worse. Right. So you've been feeling this way for a long time, though, like back in high school as well. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Um, one thing I was going to say about that is that um, I think a lot of pre-existing struggles and um, especially mental health issues with people have been heightened. I know that's a very common fact among people that COVID has brought out a lot of uncomfortable sides and really emphasize them in our lives. But I think the important part to see that in university, and especially for all of us here, our first year students, is that, you know, you're already in a place that's so unfamiliar and foreign, right? You're like the setting of the classroom, even if it's online, and I guess just the relations you have with your professor, and it's, it's, it's so distant from what you know, and being in that already difficult place and adding on top of that mental health issues, it, it's just not a fun situation. Like from personal experience, it's not the best feeling dealing with mental health alone, but also in a very competitive and um, anxiety spurring setting. And um, I, I think university students need that attention more than anyone right now. Um, in, in a growing phase and as well, just like a learning curve for mental health communicated to students as a whole. Um, so again, I mean, I, I thank Anne for coming on. Like, do you have a comment about that? Or? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, this also could be a question for, for you guys, but don't you think it would be, I don't know, I, I think it would be a lot um, easier or a lot, um, more normalized if people talked about it more. And I'm not, again, just referring to, you know, mental health awareness week um, and, and, and so on, but it's just, it, it's kind of funny how like everyone has mental health, but no one really wants to talk about it. Yeah. Much as people talk about like physical health, like, you know. I think there's a lot of people like feel like alone like people say oh I have this mental health problem but it's like it's just me you know wants to hear yeah. about my my problems but then they realize like you know the guy like sitting right next to you has that problem and the guy down the road and like and then you're like hey actually now that I think about it we're all yeah. kind of in the same boat and um, I was gonna say like what I like dislike these efforts made by um, university programs that have mental health week and you know I, the, a few days before I had this idea, I saw a post on 
um, university page and it was like, here are five ways to feel better about anxiety. And like, it was like, go meditate and go for a walk. And I, I was saying to myself, like, none of those things really helped me. And, you know, when, when like, are you really talking about, about mental health if it's not linked to someone's personal experience? Because it's so diverse and it, it takes it's so, so much depth to it and so many forms of anxiety and mental health that if you don't get into a person and, and their experience, it's really, it's, it's not even scratching the surface, I feel like, because anyone can be like, go meditate or go have a glass of water. But not everyone can be like, at this point in time, at, at, this, at this day, I wasn't feeling great. And these things didn't help me and this thing did help me. And um, uh, I, I, that's why I, I really care about what we're doing here today. I mean, not a lot of people get an inside look and I think that's exactly what we're doing. So oh. go ahead, go ahead, go Joe. No, I was gonna say, I just wanna say, um, I, was, I was listening to you talk like describing imposter syndrome and I, and I actually had a realization that um, I've actually had this thought before of like this like lack of belonging. And I think, I think this, I think it's because, um, and I think a lot, I, I have a feeling a lot of people, I hope a lot of people, not just me, but um, <laughs> coming from high school, you have like this like solid footing, right? Like, I, I mean, I was at my school for a long time and um, so you have this like very strong connection to your high school and you're kind of like, oh, this is like kind of my home away from home. And people say like, oh, who are you? I'm like, oh, I'm a student at this school. And then you graduate and you're like, you know, now you're just an alumni. You're not really part of that community anymore. You try to be, but you're not. Um, and then now you're in a university. And the, the idea is the concept is, you know, universities have all these like opening weeks and frosh weeks, whatever you call them. And it's like, now you're indicted into this community. Now you're part of this community. Um, but I feel like, at least for me, I got this feeling like that indict, you know, that indictment didn't really work and I wasn't really part of that community. So now you're kind of like in this weird middle ground. You're like, oh, what am I? I'm not a high school student. I'm not a university student. I'm not working. So I'm just kind of doing work. Like I'm just like sitting here taking tests. I'm like, well, what's the point? And I, you know, you see the school and you're like, like I've never been to the giving the campus. And I'm like, what? Like, like, what's going on? Like, you know, where am I? I mean, I, feeling like going to a school and feeling connected to a school, I, I think I've learned and everyone's learned are two very different things. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we had um, like a club fair and it was virtual and you sign up for all these clubs. And I was like, dude, I just got part of the email list. I'm not even a part of the club. I'm just receiving emails. So um, I, I think there's a big detachment between students and their school that, you know, linking it back to what Anna was saying, is that it's fueling imposter syndrome. And um, more than that, there's not a lot of light on that issue relating it to um, a mental health condition, right? And there, there's no bridge between being disconnected and, and imposter syndrome because it's, it's new and, and not a lot of people want to say, I, I'm struggling with this, right? They'll, they'll say, I feel away from my school. I don't feel connected, but they won't be like, my mental health has taken a toll because of this. Um, so, and like, have you had to take that leap 
I guess, with your own experience, because obviously you've talked about feeling this in university and feeling disconnected in that space between March and June. Um, so has there been a turning point for you? I think there has been, or maybe I'm still in my turning point because um, I feel like there's some stuff that I figured out, but I just know that as of right now, as we speak, I'm going through stuff and I don't even know what it is, but maybe in like five months, I'll be like, oh, maybe this was this. Right. Um, but definitely I have to say my first semester was of, of university. Um, it was quite messy because it's like, I know I feel terrible and I know something's wrong, but what is it? And then I started reading about imposter syndrome and I was like, oh. And then I had a friend who also um, experienced that and, and shared you know, what it's been like for her. And I'm like, oh, okay, this, this is it. This is what it is. And um, yeah, it kind of goes back to what, to what I was saying because when you know and when you're able to identify something um, it gets easier to reach out and to help yourself. Uh, but at the same time, it could not be imposter syndrome. It could just be symptoms and then maybe another, a different mental health condition that I don't know of. Right, right. And I don't know, I, but I, I think starting and considering that it's bigger than just disconnection is a good place to go right like if you don't first understand like looks made for a lot of people they they were doing quite well before COVID right and it's maybe a new thing for them like I know and you talked about feeling um like you're not accomplishing much before um COVID started but there are people who did feel like they were accomplishing things. And now they're in kind of a rut and it, it's hard to, I guess, process that and, and more than process it, link it to mental health. Right. Um, and I don't know, it, it, I, I've been quite familiar with identifying things with anxiety and, and my own mental health. So it's, it's been quite a fluid connection for me, but, um, I think, I think it's even more important to talk about that confusion and that and those people in that gray space where they maybe haven't felt and, you know, uh, been diagnosed with a mental health condition, but they're starting to feel like, you know, maybe this is it. So I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think at the end, my, my goal is, is to, you know, plant that idea in people's mind that, you know, maybe I should start thinking about this and maybe it's, it's time to, you know, take a step back and connect it to something bigger than, you know, I've, I've experienced in the past. Um, Joe, I, I, I mean, do you want to talk about making a connection with um, feeling disconnected and mental health? Like, have you had to do that? Oh, well, I, 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 I'm going to take that and turn to a question because I, I, I think I think I said something interesting that I, I think we should touch on because in my personal experience, you know, mental health is something that's super taboo. Um, like in my close circles, it's like something very rarely talked about, unfortunately. Um, and you and you mentioned quickly that your friend 
uh, had a similar problem and you talked about it with them. And I'm wondering, you know, how did that come about? And did you find that it was easy or was there a strategy that you used to seek out somebody with the same problem or? Yeah, actually, um, I have to say the, like I, the exact same thing that you said, like it was growing up, it was something that I don't know if it was necessarily a taboo, but it was just like, no one really talked about it. And to me, it was just very weird, um, especially as I grew up and I learned more about it and I identified my own like mental health issues. Like it was just so weird to me that no one would talk about it. But I guess for that friend of mine, um, it was definitely very, um, just like an easy conversation to have because um, we, like, I know that she struggled with some um, mental health, you know, problems in the past. And it was a conversation that it wasn't like planned or anything. It was just, it wasn't like, oh, let's talk about imposter syndrome. It kind of just came up yeah. and talking about it just felt, it felt strange at first. Cause it was like, wow, I'm actually having a conversation with someone that I know about mental health which is right. something that doesn't usually happen because again, no one really wants to talk about it. But it was pretty awesome, eh? Like at the end great. of the day. Yeah, you're like, this is this is awesome. Do, do this more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, I'm glad. So, have you found anyone else since then? Like, or just the one friend? Like, have you, now that you have, you know, you have an idea of what's going on and, you know, maybe talking to that one person gave you a better idea of how to communicate it. Like, have you been able to, other than this, obviously, this is kind of a big leap, but. <laughs> Not really, actually, now that you say it. Um, yeah. But it wasn't something that, it's not something that I'm doing on purpose. Like, I'm not yeah. thinking, like, I don't want to tell anyone. Right. Um, I feel like it's more something, if it's brought up, I'll definitely feel comfortable saying it. But because there's such a stigma around it, I, I, I think I do feel not uncomfortable, but maybe um, just like it's, it, I, I wouldn't just go to people and talk yeah. about it just because it's, you know, growing up, it was never yeah. really talked about. Right. Okay. Yeah, I like the first entry question, like, like, how are, like, how are you doing? Or like, how are you really doing? Like, it, it takes a lot of nerve um, and courage to kind of get to that entry point, I think. Um, but, you know, and I guess, do you, if you could tell someone who is sitting by themselves and wanting to reach out, like what, I guess, what would be that first move you would do? Like thinking back to before you initially reached out to that friend, like, like what was going through your mind and, and could that translate to other people? And I guess. I don't know, them coming out and, and talking about to someone. Yeah, I think it's, um, again, being like, how are you really doing? You know, like actually not just, how can I word this? Not, you know, like a lot of times when we have like, you know, casual conversations, it's like, hi, how are you? Good. But then yeah. I don't know if it's me overanalyzing people, but if I sense that someone close to me is like, maybe not good. Like now that I know that it's so easy to, you know, go through something um, 
that sometimes is very self-destructive, but still like have a smile on your face. Um, I just, something as simple as actually, you know, letting someone know I'm here if you need anything. Um, like it kind of makes way for that conversation. So that's- What's that's checking? <laughs> I was gonna say that um, also because of being online and COVID, it's so easy to just, you know, be quick and go in and go out. And um, you, know, you don't really get to that personal level or that space where you can freely talk about you know, what is really going on, right? Because how often do you get that chance now? And because I don't know, for me, like most of you, you're texting these people and you know, you'll FaceTime and call occasionally, but it, it's hard to create that space when you're not with them. Right. And then even if you do talk about it, you don't want to leave that person alone. So yeah. I think it's it's really up to the people who are close and they are in that bubble to reach out because I don't know, it, it, it's 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 not a position that everyone can be in right now. And it's really hard, but when you are close to people and and you know within restrictions, you can um, be with them. You know, take that time to ask, you know, what's going on? If there's anything I can help with, can I listen? Um, do you want to talk about anything? Because I don't know, I always appreciate it. And if there's nothing going on, then it's just a great conversation. I don't think there's any harm in that. Yeah. But I think it's also like, as you kind of mentioned, important to be like, let them know if they want you to just listen or to actually give your input and to be like, oh, you should do this or, you know. Listening, is great. Listening is great. Listening I'm is great, yeah. People when they're like under distress wanna be like, do this, do that to solve this, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, like, I mean, I think the biggest question right now, um, you know, we're coming, I think we're coming to an end here on the podcast, unfortunately, but um, I wanna ask you something, Annie. If, you know, hopefully there's some people listening out here that feel the same way. And if you had the opportunity to see them and say something to them or communicate something to them, what would you, what would you say? Um, probably first thing I would say is if your um, university, if your university student, if your university has, you know, like a wellness center or anything like that, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, I know there's like a lot of people have mixed feelings about them. Some people think, you know, they're they're not as great as as people think they are. Um, but it doesn't hurt to just reach out um, and to actually talk to someone. You don't even have to come to them with, you know, a problem. It can just be a conversation right. uh, between you and them. And another thing I'd say is little cheesy moment here but to to just uh yeah to be kind to yourself to like like going back to this whole friend who's struggling with to like think of yourself as the friend who's struggling and like that conversation that I had with my friend a couple months ago um she was struggling and you know I showed empathy to her and I was kind to her and I just feel like if we're also struggling. I feel like we owe it to ourselves to show ourselves the same empathy. I, I completely, I also like to mention that 
I met Anne in a weekly support meeting. Yeah. And it's turned into something amazing. And um, there's a lot of potential just by reaching out. And yeah. I think everything we've talked about today kind of wraps up what Anne was saying. It's just being kind to yourself and seeing that in other people. And I think it's a, it's a mutual respect and um, treating our mental health is not something to be behind the curtain, but rather, you know, out in the open to be talked about and to be tackled head on. But um, yeah, this is this has been the first episode on like I mean it is everything that I hoped it to be, and I'm so grateful that we had Anne to come on today. Um, I'd also like to say thank you to my friend Sophie for doing the artwork because she did an amazing job, and my co-host Joe and um, everyone listening because it's it's been a great time, and I hope to see uh, another person on here and everyone who's listening again next week or in the near future. Thanks for coming on, Anne, and I hope you and everyone listening has an amazing day. Thank right. you. Guys, have a good one.